Today's sponsor is Bella Rose. Bella Rose is a small business that sells skincare products that I absolutely love because they're not only high quality, but they're really good for your skin. And honestly, it just makes me feel so much better knowing that I'm putting things on my skin that are great for my body. They're not going to cause any harm down the road. And I love their rose petal bath bomb. It's honestly my favorite thing. So if you wanna try Bella Rose products, if you use the link in these show notes, you can get 10% off your first order. Honestly, try it out, guys. You will not be disappointed. Welcome back to All Things Apple, the podcast where we talk about all things inside the world of Apple. I'm Steven. And I'm Adam. And today we're going to be talking about Steve Jobs and why he is such an influential figure in history. So Steve Jobs was born on February 24th, 1955, and he passed away on October 5th, 2011 from pancreatic cancer. So Steve Jobs was the co-founder of Apple and Pixar. So Steve Jobs was born to a college graduate. His mom was a graduate student, and she put him up for adoption because she felt that she couldn't adequately care for him. She felt it was too much to juggle with her school and then taking care of herself and also a newborn baby. She thought that it was just too much, and so she put him up for adoption Education was very important to her. She wanted him to go to college, and she wanted him to be adopted by college graduates. And she ensured that his new parents would place a heavy emphasis on his education. His adoptive parents saved every penny they could for his college fund. Growing up, he was heavily influenced by technology. His neighbor was very much into tech, and so he built these do-it-yourself technology kits, and his neighbor served as a mentor to him. And this really helped to grow his love of technology and really inspired him to become the visionary and such influential person that he grew up to be. After his childhood, he attended Reed College in Portland, Oregon. He wasn't decided on a major, so he just went without a major. And a few months in, he found out that college just really was not for him. He didn't like it. He felt that it just didn't feel right to him. After a few months, he dropped out, and he just decided to take classes that interested him on his own time. And I feel like that's a big deal, that he realized college wasn't for him, and he didn't force himself to go to college any longer, because back then, like, a lot of people looked at college as your only way to success. And I just feel like that took a lot of courage on his part to get to the point where he was like, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. It's not for me. Because back then, I'm sure he got a lot of backlash from people that he knew, and maybe even his parents. And what I think is interesting is he realized that college wasn't for him early on. And so when, once he realized that, he dropped out immediately because he realized that he was spending his parents' money, his, their hard-earned money that they had saved just for college. And 
he would be wasting that money if he stayed in college and just didn't enjoy it, wasn't feeling motivated. So he recognized that and dropped out before he spent all of his parents' hard-earned money for his college. So he decided to just take a few calligraphy classes, classes that actually interest him. And because he was no longer a full-time student, he couldn't live on campus by himself. So he decided to live with his friends at Reed College, and he slept on the floor in his friends' dorms. He was extremely, extremely poor. I remember he noted in his speech how on weekends he would walk miles across town just to get one good meal. And I think it is so fascinating how he went from being this extremely poor part-time college student to one of the most influential and I think in a way powerful entrepreneurs in the world. Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak actually started Apple from a garage. They literally didn't have this like fancy office space or anything to design their first computer. They came up with the Apple One, which was before the Mac actually came out. It was one of the first computers to have like a graphic interface. And I just find it interesting that something so new and revolutionary started in a garage, somebody's garage, just such a random little place to start something so new and influential. And I think that really speaks to his ambition to think that, you know, he can go from just starting in a garage to growing a big company. It shows that even though they didn't have, he and Wozniak didn't have necessarily the re- the financial resources when they first started off, they had the vision that allowed them to continue their dreams and pursue their goals. As a way of actually like, remembering jobs and honoring all that he did for Apple. They built a theater where they host the Worldwide Developers Conference every June, and it's called Steve Jobs Theater. It's really beautiful. It's a very, like, minimalistically designed space, and that is very much, like, what he believed in. He wanted less buttons on the first iPhone. He wanted less of everything. He didn't like clutter. He liked simple modern design, and that's why they built that building to honor him in that way, because it's simple design and it really speaks to like what he wanted to see in Apple's future. Well, I think that's interesting because everyone was used to these computers that had so many buttons and was very confusing to operate. There was a lack of, what's the word I'm looking for? Probably like user friendliness. User friendliness. And he wanted to actually create an operating system that was user-friendly and that appealed to people because everything just made sense. Nothing was so complicated that people were discouraged from using technology because it was too complicated. Before there was an operating system on computers, you used to actually have to know how to program, which is kind of crazy for us to think about. But yeah, before Jobs created Mac OS and then Windows later copied them, there was no computer with these little buttons that you could click on. It was not like that. You used to have to really know how to program in order to use these things. But Jobs believed that everyone should know how to use one. Everyone should have the ability to pick up a computer and start using it. Shortly after the Apple One came out, Apple really wanted to monetize this 
success that they had seen. So they came out with a second generation, literally just called the Apple II. It was a flop. It did not do well at all. And basically, like in between that, they came out with a few other products, but none of them are really that interesting. They don't have anything super crazy in the design that's like notable enough to talk about. But in 1984, they came out with the first Mac. It was actually called the Macintosh. And that was really the computer that got the ball rolling and it changed everything. Just like the Apple One, they really emphasized that graphic interface and they made some more changes to it to make it even more user-friendly than ever. After the release of the first Macintosh, Jobs was fired from his position as CEO of Apple shortly thereafter because many of the executives did not want to be led by the same person who had started the company. And honestly, looking back, like this was such a stupid decision on their part because Apple went into a kind of significant decline. They came out with so many new products that it just flooded their options and it seemed like nobody could ever figure out what Mac that was right for them because there were too many options, people were confused, and it really wasn't the Apple that we know today where there really aren't that many options to choose from and they kept it simple. Jobs saw this and he thought, oh my gosh, my company's falling apart. But that didn't stop him from continuing to innovate in other ways. So Jobs founded Pixar, which focused on full-length computer animated movies. Their first movie was the original Toy Story in 1995. Pixar went on to make many popular animated movies, and they in fact won a lots of Academy Awards. Soon after that, Steve Jobs was actually approached to come back to Apple and sort of clean things up. Because, as I mentioned, it kind of became a mess without him. His simplistic vision of what Apple should be just was not reality. They had too many things in their product categories. So, he came back and helped with the development of the iPod and eventually then the iPhone, which was a huge step forward for the time period because it sort of took Steve Jobs' like idea of what technology should be and how minimal it should be by removing so many buttons. It had a big screen at the time. It was only a three and a half inch screen, but that was huge for the time period. Most phones had all these weird little buttons on them, but he was like, no, 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 no buttons. Let's just make it all screen. So yeah, he was very influential in that sense. He was very like technology forward. We're going to remove all the old stuff. We don't need that. And I think that appealed to so many people who were tired of these outdated designs and outdated technology platforms and they were excited about this new change that he was pushing for. And that continued forward when they developed the MacBook Air. And I mean, they still sell the MacBook Air today. He actually unveiled it by taking it out of an envelope and people were amazed. But they were also upset when he mentioned that they removed a CD drive from the MacBook in order to make it so thin and light. And this is just another example of him removing old technology in favor of new technology. And then his legacy of sort of like removing things to make the device better it sort of like lived on with the iPhone 7. You guys probably remember when the headphone jack was removed, but that's because it pushed the industry forward to favor wireless devices rather than always plugging in a cord. And it shows how so many people may have opposed 
these new ideas at first because they were not used to them. But over time, they were grateful for the changes that Apple made because it pushed the technology industry forward and pushed the development of new ideas that had not been seen before. So now we're going to talk a little bit more about how the world is different because he lived and made all of these great changes to the tech industry. Technology, not just Apple products, but all technology, would not be nearly as accessible for people like me who can't see, but also hearing impaired and people with learning disabilities if it weren't for jobs because he believed that everyone should be able to use his products. Sure, they were more expensive, but that's because just like with the graphic interface, it was more thought out and refined than the competition. And that carried over to their accessibility features, which is why there are so many blind people (laughs) like me who use their devices today. Jobs also revolutionized the way that companies unveil their new products to the press and to the public with keynote events. Jobs started the trend of walking onto a stage and presenting to the press and the public to get them excited and energized about the new products that they were going to unveil. Many companies today have followed through with Jobs' original idea because it gets people so eager and excited about what they're going to introduce and what they have to offer. One other really new and revolutionary idea that he introduced to the tech industry is the Genius Bar. We've all cracked our phones, we have all broken our technology or had questions about it, and he created this place inside the Apple Store for people to take their devices if it was broken or they had a question on how to use it because especially like during the time period where the MacBook Air first came out and the first Macintosh came out, like people had all kinds of questions because they weren't used to this stuff. And since Apple was always like introducing new technologies, people had questions. And I think it's very relevant today because I, for one, know so many people who will only buy Apple products as opposed to say like Samsung products or Android products in general, because they like knowing that they can go to the Apple Store, which is only about a 25-minute drive from us, to get help with their products rather than having to look up uh, solutions online or talk to someone online because they can just go right into the Apple Store and get the help they need with someone who knows what they're doing. So now I'm just going to share like why I feel like Steve Jobs is somebody to look up to. For one, he made things more accessible, and like I said earlier, I might not be able to use products the same as other people, but because of his sort of like everybody should be included mentality, I'm able to use Apple products just like anyone else. And I think that's really important because not every company is good at that. I have found out time and time again that that's way overlooked by most businesses. And I really appreciate that. That's something that I just wouldn't have access to. I would not have access to a phone and an iPad the same way that everyone else would had he not lived on this earth and pushed that forward. I look up to Steve Jobs because he showed me the power of chasing your dreams even when it doesn't seem possible. I, for one, like so many other young people, have bold plans for the future and bold ideas. And sometimes I question whether I can actually bring those dreams to life, whether I can have the dream career that I want, whether I can reach my big goals. And I just look to Steve Jobs and 
how he literally started Apple from a garage and turned it into this massive worldwide company that creates products that so many people rely on in their everyday lives and who could not imagine life without these products. And I just think to how Steve Jobs never lost sight of his dreams and his passions and always found purpose in his work. And I look to that for my life. And I think one other important thing that I'd like to add on is that through like following his passions, he not only created products and things that we use every day, but there's also services that Apple has created that we would never think about canceling. Like, just think about iCloud for a second. So many of us pay for iCloud storage, and while not all of us know how it works, it's one of those things that, like, we rely on because everything's in the cloud. Like, that whole idea of having, like, a seamless system. Like, we, we would never, some of us at least, would never think about canceling something like that. And I think it's amazing that they created things like that that aren't even tangible items. Yet, we rely on them and pay so much for these things just because we need it. We've grown to enjoy it and we need this stuff to live our lives the way that we have been educating the public and learning and just living life in this new age of technology. We urge you to consider how Apple devices and similar technologies have had an impact on your life because our lives would be extremely different had people like Steve Jobs not had the courage to follow their passions and change the world. Mm -hmm.